Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. My name is Jason Sacco and I'm your host. As a 35 plus year spondy, I'm looking to use this show to bring the spondy community closer. I'll give my lifelong battle with AS to you. That includes triumphs, tragedies, and lessons. So sit back, enjoy, and know you are not alone. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. I am so glad you're joining me today. This episode is so cool. I've got Dr. Micah Yu on. Dr. Yu is a rheumatologist, and he also specializes in integrative medicine, integrative health, and works with uh, developing with his wife a plant-based diet. So this is something that a lot of listeners have been asking for for a long time, and Dr. Yu is uniquely qualified since he's both a rheumatologist and suffering from an autoimmune disease. So let's get into that in a few moments, but first couple of housekeeping things. I just want to say thank you again to all you listeners. Everybody is just fantastic, and I've been getting some amazing feedback. First, I'm going to ask you to head over to spondypodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter. Let's really ramp those numbers up, so let's go ahead, sign up if you haven't before, but again, go to spondypodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter. Second, again, I want to thank all you listeners. It's amazing. We just hit downloads from the 102nd country. It amazed me. I was looking at the stats and I saw downloads come in from Iran. So we have covered almost all the Middle East, most of North America, almost all of Europe, big chunks of Africa, and Australia. It's just amazing. This whole family of all of us with ankylosing spondylitis are coming together and getting together to better share experiences and you know, just be supportive for one another. Just be there. Something that's just so rare to find somebody with ankylosing spondylitis with this virtual communities, we can reach out and touch everybody and talk to us and draw everybody in to just be supported. And as a special deal for all listeners of the ankylosing spondylitis podcast, Dr. Yu is offering a $5 discount on his ebook for plant-based living. And you use the code ASPODCAST to get $5 off when you go and buy his book through the link in the show notes. So again, please go to spondypodcast.com, sign up for the newsletter, hit subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast playing item so that you get all the episodes sent to you. And with that, let's get into the episode with Dr. Micah Yu. Well, Dr. Yu, I really appreciate you showing up on the show today. It's great to have an actual rheumatologist that's also dealing with an autoimmune disease. So welcome, and how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, and uh, thank you for bringing me on your podcast. I really appreciate the fact that you have an ankle-looking spondylitis podcast. You're really helping the masses out there. It's fun to do, and I learn something new every day after almost 40 years of dealing with this. I still realize I don't know anything, so it's just neat to keep learning. Now, you have such an interesting position. Not only are you a rheumatologist, but you're working on your integrative health fellowship right now. Could you explain a little bit to the listeners kind of what integrative health is or integrative medicine is? Yeah, so so I'm actually doing several things. So I'm board certified in lifestyle medicine. It's a new specialty now. It's uh, from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine that focuses on six pillars. It focuses on nutrition, exercise, sleep, 
stress, emotional well-being, and uh, tobacco and risky substance use cessation. I'm also taking courses in functional medicine right now as well, and I'm doing my second fellowship in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona Andrew Wow program. So that program is what I'm most excited about. So that program not only goes over nutrition, but also goes over different complementary or alternative modalities such as traditional Chinese medicine, Reiki, Ayurveda, supplements and how supplements interact with drugs, mind-body medicine, meditation, and so forth. Yeah, so those are the things that it covers. So in my past episodes of the shows, I've done episodes where we've discussed you know, working with or finding a rheumatologist, using meditation in some cases, yoga, all these different things. And what you're really doing is kind of wrapping it all up into one specialty. Yeah, that's, that's my goal. I really want to combine the world of um, traditional allopathic medicine with complementary medicine. I think that's where the most benefit lies for patients. And that's what I want as a rheumatologist. And that's what my patients are speaking as well. So as a rheumatologist, when you're working with patients, I get a lot of listeners as an example that say, I can't get my rheumatologist to believe that I think I have AS. They want to keep telling me I have something else. I always wonder, do you continue to be your advocate for what you think you may have, or do you follow the course of path that the rheumatologist is going, or if it's just a head butt, do you look for a new rheumatologist? I I never know what the correct way to look at it is. Yeah, so, so that's a very tricky question. Rheumatology is probably one of the most difficult fields in medicine to practice. And there's so many questions still and such nebulous answers as well. So I would say as a patient, if you feel like you have ankylosing spondylitis and you're not getting that answer from your doctor, I would seek out a second opinion from your room, another rheumatologist in the area or virtually as well. Because sometimes the rheumatologist can have three rheumatologists in the room and all three rheumatologists will have a different opinion. So it's very important in rheumatology to get that second opinion to see if it matches up with the first opinion. And what about things like maybe you haven't been diagnosed yet? I would think that x-rays and MRIs can be very important to at least at a minimum set a baseline to say, here's what my spine, here's what my hips, here's what everything looks like. How does it look like six months, a year, however far in the future? Right. So x-rays and imaging are definitely very, very important, especially if the rheumatologist really suspects ankylosing spondylitis. So x-ray is the first-line imaging in all patients that come in with suspected ankylosing spondylitis. If that doesn't show anything and the patient still is symptomatic, then an MRI of the pelvis is second-line. You do want to see, hopefully, sacroiliitis on the MRI film. However, if you don't see any x-ray or MRI changes, that doesn't rule out ankylosing spondylitis. There is a patient population that has a diagnosis of non-radiographic axial spondyloarthropathy, that pretty much means you have ankylosing spondylitis without the radiographic changes. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I did an episode not too long ago about how maybe this disease has been looked at a little bit wrong and that instead of using non-radiographic and using ankylosing spondylitis, we might say that everybody just has axial spondyloarthritis and they move along a path from non-radiographic to the AS, it works on a spectrum. And I, I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, both diagnoses are pretty much the same to me. They're both the same management. It's really a matter of whether you see inflammation on that film or not. And it's really important for the rheumatologist when you do suspect ankylosing spondylitis and the radiologist doesn't say anything about sacroiliitis or any changes on there that the rheumatologist hopefully does talk to the radiologist and really confirm the imaging findings because there have been times where there has been nothing found on the radiologist's repo when I review it with a radiologist they change their opinion 
Okay, so it's very important that everybody put their heads together and work through if there's a lot of pain present in the patient. Right, exactly. Especially if the rheumatologist doesn't really send much info to the radiologist, the radiologist sometimes doesn't know what to look for, so they might overlook it. Interesting. Now, with that, we're in 2020, we're actually coming to an end here, and you have your practice, but what many patients have experienced in 2020 is working virtually with a doctor, you know, just through Zoom or or whatever, FaceTime through the phone, whatever way they work. You are in California, but you're also licensed in eight other states besides California. Could you let those know so the listeners know that you are a possibility that they could talk to? Yeah, so I am currently licensed not only in California, but just going from west to east. I'm licensed in Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, New Jersey, and Florida. And if any of your listeners want to see me virtually and they're not located in any of the states, I am more than happy to get another state license. It just takes time. And it's so important for me to get licensed in other states. And I, the reason why I'm doing this is because there's not many rheumatologists that practice the way I do. And there's a lot of patients out there that are seeking a rheumatologist just like me. And I really want to help those patients out there because I'm a patient myself and I understand how important it is to find a rheumatologist that really fits your style. Yes, and we really didn't cover that. You are dealing with your own autoimmune disease. So you're not only aware of how you feel dealing with it, it brings a little bit more, I would think, empathy towards people that are coming in to see you. Correct. Yeah. So I can definitely go over my story, uh, which has led me down this path into integrating complementary with traditional rheumatology. So and during high school, I was a football player and I wanted to lose weight and then gain strength as well. So I went on the Atkins diet, a high, very high protein diet. I was eating about 150 to 200 um, grams of protein a day when I was only weighing about 150 milligrams, 150 pounds, I mean. So I went, I did that for a couple of weeks to a couple of months and I ended up getting diagnosed with gout. I was, I woke up with a really painful swollen toe in the middle of the night, got diagnosed with gout. And over the years, my pain really transformed to another form of arthritis. And I went to different rheumatologists during medical school and they really couldn't really diagnose me. Typical story, right? You go from doctor to doctor and and rheumatology and they don't have an answer for you. All my labs were negative. My HLA B27 was negative, but my uh, inflammation markers were elevated, my ESR and C-reactive protein. So during my residency um, after medical school, I went to see the rheumatology department at my program at Loma Linda University and they ended up diagnosing spondylolisthritis. arthritis. Now, my spondyl arthritis is a variation of ankylosing spondylitis. I don't have the lower back pain, but I do have the emphysitis. So emphysitis is basically inflammation at the insertion point of the tendon and bone. I do have that. I do have joint pain in my hands and feet and knees and all these other places. So I have several diagnoses. I have gout. Um, I actually got diagnosed with pseudogout and I got diagnosed with peripheral spondyl arthritis. But peripheral spondyl arthritis is the main autoimmune condition that I have. And just to, if you want me to dig into my story, I don't take medications, actually. I control it with diet and lifestyle. And would you like me to go over that as well? Sure. We get a lot of listeners are nervous of taking the medications. I personally take Cosentix. I've been taking it for several years, and it's been phenomenal for me. But the ankylosing spondylitis, the autoimmune disease journey is different for everybody. And so mm-hmm. for your case, you're controlling it with diet, and there's so many people that are interested in that. I'd love to hear how you do that in conjunction with your wife. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so right before I started my fellowship, you know, I went on a whole food plant-based diet and within a couple months, my 
a joint pain just went away. My C-reactive protein, which has been elevated for over 10 years, actually went negative for the first time. I was pleasantly surprised. The reason why I went to Whole Foods Happy Diet is because my wife is also a doctor and she's part of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And American College of Lifestyle Medicine, they promote a Whole Foods Happy Diet. So I figured I'd give it a shot. It's an anti-inflammatory diet. There's many anti-inflammatory diets on the market. There's a paleo diet, there's a Mediterranean diet, and now there's a Whole Foods Happy Diet as well. And it's been, it's worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Every individual with ankylosing spondylitis and autoimmune disease is different. So I'm very balanced in that aspect. And not everybody will control their autoimmune disease with diet alone. I'm one of the lucky ones that can. I do take medication for gout. I was off my medication for gout for over a year, but I noticed that my pain did come back. Or actually over two years, my pain did come back during times of stress. And I noticed it was more due to gout than to the spondyloarthritis. So I don't take any medication for my spondyloarthritis. I do just fine unless I'm working overnight and I'm very stressed. It does come back, but my pain level is about 10% of what it was before. Wow. And this, I think, is a great time to talk. Your wife is a doctor, as you said. You mm-hmm. guys have created a book together, an ebook. And again, a lot of listeners and a lot of people in the forums all want to talk about different eating styles and what works. And I think you're correct. Not everybody can do keto and get the same results. Not everybody can do paleo and get the same results. But mm-hmm. it's worth trying it to find out oh, this did work for me or it didn't work for me. It's part of that journey you go on. And with that, you guys did an ebook. I'll have a link in the show notes to Dr. Yu's website where you can actually purchase the ebook. And it's all on plant-based cooking, if I understand. Correct, yeah. So my wife is an avid cooker. She makes great recipes. We actually have uh, recipes on our website. But on my own personal website, I do have that ebook. And that basically goes over ways to get started on a whole food plant-based diet. The whole food plant-based diet has helped many different conditions, not only autoimmune disease. My wife is a science medicine doctor. She's actually seen the reversal of hypertension and diabetes, has actually been able to get patients off of their medications for both conditions, and sometimes it has even reversed patients' cholesterol as well. So it's an anti-inflammatory diet. Inflammation is the, one of the root of many diseases. That's why it can work for many conditions. And that's why we do live a whole food plant-based um, lifestyle at home. You know, if you are thinking about getting the book, I'll also have a link to Dr. Yu's YouTube channel where he's got four videos. It's a relatively new channel. He's got four videos cooking four different plant-based foods. And one of them is a dark chocolate avocado pudding, which looks great. And so this will give you an idea of, of kind of how you can incorporate a plant-based diet, if that's what you want to do, into your treatment plan for your ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah, thank you so much for mentioning that, Jason. So, yeah, we do have a YouTube channel. It's a cooking channel, but we haven't updated yet, but we're going to actually start that YouTube channel back up in the next couple months. So stay tuned for that. There is the chocolate avocado pudding recipe. There's pretty much no refined sugar in that. So a whole food plant-based diet is pretty much a vegan diet without processed food. It can be quite challenging for someone that eats meat regularly. It is a journey for me. I was a big meat eater in the past as well, but I, because of my improvement in pain, I basically cut the meat out of my diet. That would be a hard one for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. That would be a very challenging one for me. Um, Brussels sprouts with a steak, 
all over it. <laughs> but I do prefer lean meats. I do hunt. So a, a lot of what I eat is uh, wild game, which mm-hmm. generally tends to run on the very lean side. I eat very little in the way of, you know, store-bought beef or, or anything of that nature. So there's studies out there that say, hey, the fat's not bad for you. Go ahead and ingest it. Your body knows how to handle it. And there's other studies that say, don't do it, you know. So they're kind of all over the place. So you got to really work with somebody like yourself, set a course, try it. If a plant-based diet doesn't work for you, you know, your rheumatologist, if it's Dr. You or anyone should then say, okay, you've tried it. Let's try this. And it's really a process of elimination to find out what's the right one. And, and you need a doctor that's going to help guide you through that. And that's, that's where I think that integrative medicine and the, the functional medicine that you are incorporating with rheumatology, I think that's just so important. Right. Yeah. That, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because there's, I was looking for a rheumatologist like this as a patient. That's why I'm going to become that rheumatologist for other patients as well. You know, as a physician... We don't get trained on nutrition. The nutrition training that we get during medical school is only 10 hours at most. And it's things like vitamin C deficiency, things that we don't really see on a day-to-day basis. Things aren't that practical. So for me, it's really important to basically go on that journey and find out what is the evidence in nutrition, what works for patients, how to talk to patients and find a balance in that. Your rheumatologist is most likely not going to be well-versed in these diets and how they can help with inflammation. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing out there. And, you know, even if you don't decide to go on whole food plant-based, it's important to incorporate vegetables. The fiber is so important for anti-inflammatory effect. So even if you decide not to go whole food plant-based, you can at least incorporate more vegetables. And that's where some of our recipes can come in to give you ideas on how to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm not always the best at eating the vegetables I should, but I had a friend turn me on to putting cauliflower on a baking sheet, putting some hot sauce on it, and putting it under the broiler. Mm-hmm. Doctor, if you would have told me 10 years ago I was going to do that, I would have told you, get lost. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's so much better than sitting down with a bag of chips. Oh, yeah. You just need to learn how to cook it, what recipes to make it taste good, and that's all you really need. You know, before I went on this journey, I hated eating vegetables myself. I didn't find any taste in it, but once you find variety and experiment with cooking, it really is fun and tasty. Now, one thing I want to cover with you so that the listeners understand is, well, you're licensed in all these states and you can help. You don't take any type of insurances. It's going to be a, you work with each patient on a basis of here's what your set hourly or per visit rate is. So people need to understand that up front, but that's what allows you to work in all these different states with a much easier process. Correct. Yeah. So I don't take insurance. The only insurance I take is Medicare. The reason why I don't take insurance is because the model of and quality of care that I'm giving doesn't support a insurance model. You know, when you see your rheumatologist in an insurance model, the most you get is maybe 15, 20 minutes at a visit or maybe half an hour for a new visit. For me, that's not enough. I spend at least an hour on a new visit and I spend half an hour on a follow-up visit. And in a new visit, not only do I go over diagnosis, I go over your medications. I also talk about your lifestyle and potential alternative ways to help with your spondylitis and autoimmune disease. So it's a very, very comprehensive visit. And I answer questions. I take time with you. And even if we run out of time over an hour, I always give direct access to my patients where they can send information through email. You can contact me through social media in order to get your answers. So I use my social media platform to educate the public on how important lifestyle and integrative medicine is 
to diseases in general. So I'm in Michigan. Let's say I decided to work with you, doctor. You can write prescriptions in all the different states? Correct. I, I can write prescriptions in any state. I can uh, write labs. I can order x-rays. So all medications, labs, and x-rays go through the insurance. The only time you're out of network is when you see me as a doctor in our visit. I can be a primary rheumatologist. I can also be your second opinion. I have multiple patients where they have the primary rheumatologist and I'm their second opinion and they follow me regularly because their rheumatologist is really just seeing them every time, just not answering questions, just renewing their medications every time and, and they're not well-versed in other aspects of integrative care and that's where I come in. I try to tell folks that when you're dealing with any type of autoimmune disease, you want to have a doctor team and that can include the rheumatologist, your primary care physician, a orthopedic surgeon maybe, even a therapist. And I like that even if I didn't want to remove my rheumatologist here in Michigan, bringing you in as a sounding board could really be beneficial to cover all the spots that my rheumatologist doesn't cover. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Rheumatology is a very difficult field. We're known as the detectives of medicine. So there can be nuances that your rheumatologist didn't catch. And sometimes they don't have time or they're not incentivized to spend more time with you. So they they really just renew your medication and go, don't go in over anything else, and which is unfortunate. And that's kind of the, the way the healthcare system is built nowadays. I've been going through your website, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes for the listeners. It's micaumd.com, and I'll have the link. You want to go to this website, you want to sign up for his newsletter, and go to the About Me section of the website. As you scroll to the bottom, Dr. Yu has got some really cool things featured there. And what I really like is the things that he does with his wife, Dr. Mandala, that are like the, there's a link to the Dr. Lifestyle Kitchen and all these different really cool websites that you've been featured in. So I really just think this is such a fantastic website. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be featured in the Spondylitis magazine this coming winter time. So look out for me there as well. And we're actually going to be currently, I am in a group practice. I'm actually leaving and forming my new practice at the end of this month. It's going to be drlifestyle.org. And it's going to be featuring my wife and myself. My wife is a family medicine doctor. She does direct primary care. So if you're interested in primary care, that's not part of your traditional system where your doctors can spend as much time as they want with you and you can see them as much and many times as you want as well. She can definitely be a good fit for a primary care doctor. And, and if you want me to be a rheumatologist, just go to that website as well. And I'll have that link on my personal website also. Awesome. And I do have a lot of listeners that are in California. Dr. Yu, could you tell where you're at in California so that if they want to actually engage you on a face-to-face -face level, they can come and see you? Yeah, I'm currently in Orange County, California, more specifically Newport Beach, California. And I don't have my address yet, so you can definitely look up my address online in about a couple of weeks, and I'll send it to you guys there. So you'll be in the Orange County area? Correct. So anybody that, that's just south of LA, right? That is south of LA. All my listeners that are in that general Orange County, Los Angeles, even as far south as San Diego, that's, that's a great drive up coast to go up to Orange County. You're all within distance of Dr. Yu to easily to working with him face to face. Yeah. Oftentimes I have patients that come in for one time and then I see them virtually for the rest of the time because they don't want to do the drive. Yeah. I would have easily, when I lived in Phoenix for those years, I would have easily driven over for a visit once a year or so and done everything remotely. That wouldn't have bothered me at all. So it's very neat that you've got the opportunity to work with people in all the different states. 
So with that, I know you're busy. I know you're working hard to get that clinic up and your wife is you know, going to be part of that. I think that's just a fantastic endeavor with the two of you. I can't thank you enough for your time, Dr. Yu. And I'll have all the links to your information in the show notes. Go out to his Instagram page, or I'll have a link to that, as well as his micahumd.com. Again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me on the show. And I'm glad you have this podcast out there. You're doing really good things out there. I appreciate that. And I, I can't wait to have you on the show again once your clinic is up and running. We can get a, a better idea of how you function with that so people can even continue to, to reach out and engage you. But uh, again, Thank you so much for your time. Definitely. I look forward to being on your show again. You take care, sir. Thank you.